all right. Um, nothing major happening. I mean, as we explained before, you know, working the health service didn't yeah. get too much influx today, so that was really good. And uh, home with the family, and you know, trying not to look at the news, all that kind of crazy rubbish, and just oh, keep scripted yeah. stuff. It's not uplifting, uh, is it? No, I mean, and. I'm the kind of person, Mike, really, that not bad is good enough for me. That's yeah. my philosophy on life. Not bad is, is always good enough. But I, I think, you know, we've got a long way to go to get to not bad. So. <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember not bad. <laughs> don't you? They're aspiring to not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, somebody told me a long time ago, and I adopted it ever since, that uh, the moment they truly become happy with life or content with life, is when they realize you're not supposed to be happy all the time, then you stop striving for it because it doesn't matter. Like, it's a feature, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. It is. I, think, I think that's a good mindset, really. Mm. You need to appreciate good times when they happen, really, rather than expecting them. Yeah. yeah. And I've kept it, I've kept it ever since, basically. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless I'm hacked off, then, of course, then I, I forget about that philosophy and say, what, what is happening? Um I want to talk to you for ages. Obviously, we've had a few interactions over the years. Yeah. With your work with Beast Watch UK, I'm always on the the page. I'm always looking at you know, the little sightings of animals, exotic animals. I might be on a loose uh, somewhere <laughs> in the neighbourhood. Yeah, I mean it's a great group. It's a great group. Really, it's a great service. So, you know, a lot of people listening won't know what Beast Watch UK is. They won't know what you do there what the whole ethos of the group is and how it's made up. So just, just tell us a bit about that. Oh, okay. I've actually got a prop. Oh, yeah. Great. And, and, and I'm, I'm aware that, um, yeah, I've got a background in cryptozoology. Yeah. And a lot of your listeners and viewers are cryptozoology fans. Sure. And I, I, I just simply have a prop here. Great. To, oops, I, to explain Beast Watch. <laughs> oh, wow. Can you see that? Okay, yeah. yeah. I see it. So, essentially, that's an animal trap. Yeah. So, what I've found over the years is that when you're looking for Dogman or Bigfoot, yeah, it's not always at the back of your mind whether you've got big enough for or a dog crate that will fit in <laughs> your home. Different ball game. <laughs> so, I, yeah. yeah, I suppose it's it's um, out to place animals have always been a bolt on to cryptozoology. Yeah, um, and I can only I can only really talk about them as a myth buster. To be honest with you, you know, uh, in as much as what we found over the years, and and Beast Watch originated as a cryptozoology interest group. Uh-huh. Specifically, um, you know, um, of a feline origin. Yeah. yeah. Shall we say? Big cats. Yeah. And that's yeah. where it came from. Not from me, from its founder member. That's where it came yeah. from. That's its, its history. That's, that's where its background. Um, but it, it became really, really clear uh, over the years that uh, out of place animals were lost pets. Yeah. Um, or, or, or escaped animals, you know, yeah. yeah. But basically, any animal that can be kept in captivity can escape or can be released. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and and this, I, I think I've made some notes actually. That's how professional I am these days. Oh, great! <laughs> I think I'm down to four. Um, oh no, that's far too organised for this show. Notes. And, yeah, I know. But that's the difference, you see. No longer just. A, <laughs> I have to justify my actions. Uh, <laughs> the, produce uh, evidence and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, um, animals are either released yeah. or they escape. Um, or you've got natural migration of, of un, un, unusual things, that are, you know, uh, rare migrations, which yeah. do happen. Uh, or you've got the stowaways, you know, um, with lizards in suitcases or the... Yeah. Tarantulas in packs of bananas and stuff, and 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 that's that's basically out of place animals in a nutshell. Yeah. If they don't fit into those categories, then you've imagined them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so pretty hard uh, to argue with that philosophy. That's the thing we to do. Yeah. So well, we have to be credible. So we have to be yeah. grounded in 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 the practicalities, in the reality yeah. of of what what we do. Um, so we've uh, um, developed into a, a, an organisation which actually responds to sighting reports with the intention of going out, um, tracking, searching, catching, recapturing, bringing back into captivity um, animals that shouldn't be out in, uh, in the UK countryside. Basically. I mean, that's I mean, it's amazing service as well. So when I look at the page, sometimes I see notifications about uh, people who've actually lost animals, who've alerted people, uh, alerted Beast Watch UK. To, I think the recent one is a raccoon dog is, is missing again. Is that right? That you have a raccoon Sorry? dog. I think uh, so. When I'm looking at Beast Watch UK, I often see alerts uh, as uh, about animals that have escaped. From from pet owners, so there's a raccoon yes. dog on the loose at the moment. There's a few savannah cats uh, wandering about that people are looking for, owners are looking for. So you get a lot of things yeah. like that: pictures of raccoons and uh, maybe wallabies and rears. There's the rear that's running about, or an emu running about the place uh, uh, here and there. So let's talk about a, a few of those types of animals. What what are the strange large animals that are running about in the UK countryside in ones or twos at the moment, and what other animals like wallabies have started to, to establish a population? It's um, it, it yeah, it, it's astounding really the yeah. the, uh, the the variety that that we've had. Certainly this year we've had animals crop up like um, civets and uh, genets. That I've never encountered as an actual uh, escapes before, or wow. uh, releases. I, I think in in one case the owner wasn't even traced. So they're very unusual animals to be abandoned. Um, we do see trends with animals being abandoned. Mm-hmm. The big one uh, last year uh, and continuing is, is raccoon dogs, tanukis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, the. They're not a huge animal, but they're, you know they're, they're a noticeably medium-sized mammal. Uh, but at the moment, all the birds, mm. the, the amount of birds is astounding, really. You know, and you're right, there's some pretty big birds as well. Yeah. You know, um, all these all these closeted uh, emu keepers. They, yeah. They try and keep that quiet, and, <laughs> and suddenly it's running around the village. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, bizarre. Um, uh, so we get we do get quite a lot of that stuff. 
the invasive uh, animal legislation has been responsible for some deliberate releases, mm. you know, and in some ways there's undercurrents of what happened with the um, Dangerous Wild Animals Act coming into force, um, you know, and yeah. some of the theories about big cats, of course. Um, very, very similar. Some people panicking, jumping the gun and releasing them. So mm. definitely raccoons and definitely tanukis. We don't tend to get many coates uh, uh, actually abandoned, which is quite good. Um, yeah. We have dealt with a couple of escapes in recent times, but but they're a rarity to People be honest. hold on to those. Abandoned. Yeah. So historically, um, there were supposed to be a couple of populations of wallabies, mm. which were supposed to be wiped out by a harsh winter we had a few years back. Okay. Um, but there's there's evidence that there's some still out there without any owners actually reporting them or looking mm. for them, uh, and that does make you think you know there might be surviving populations. Tanukis, of course, they wouldn't be on the Invasive Species Act if they didn't have the ability to survive and procreate in <laughs> the climate because they're endemic across mainstream Europe. They're an unne okay. totally unnecessary addition. To the invasive species legislation for the UK, in my yeah. Um, but yeah, endemic within um, mainland Europe. But their origin is through the fur trade, not through the exotic pet trade. Okay, okay. Uh, as with raccoons, the, the, they were fur trade animal, uh, especially in Germany. Um, and going back to war years, so a lot of that was a result of bombings. A lot mm. of the these were bombings, you know, even before people had heard of animal rights. Um, so they are established, you know, and, and they shouldn't be there. Okay, can't argue with that. And it's debatable the sort of impact they have on the ecosystem. Mm. Really debate that one way or the other. Um, are they established throughout the country or just in pockets? In, in mainland Europe. In the UK. Oh, in in the UK. Um, in the UK, we. we have no evidence that there's any breeding populations of tanuki uh -huh. yet. Um, but we dealt with possibly around 20 cases last year. Okay. So that's... Uh, and, and that's continued into this year. Could you uh, imagine 20 escapes of that same animal, 20 releases? It seems yeah, unusual. A, a, a lot of them are quite clearly definite release. I've got a pair... Um, at the back of my house at the moment that I actually went out and caught myself as part of a Beast Watch call out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I ended up keeping them as pets. Um, yeah, it was a, a race against time between me and the RSPCA who could get there first. Oh, yeah. And you know, I've heard things about the RSPCA that they're, they're not as um, virtuous as they make out. They've got, their stance for years has has been people shouldn't keep exotic animals. Okay. Which is a bit like a police spokesman saying people shouldn't commit crimes. Mm. Don't help anybody or change the situation <laughs> or improve anything. Um, you know, I've even volunteered to um, speak on behalf of the RSPCA when mm. I was for the media because I know exactly what they're going to say. <laughs> uh, save you making two phone calls, I'll tell you what they'll say. Uh. Uh, Highly predictable and unhelpful, and, and it's just yeah. like 
Where do you go with that? I think that's that's the UK though. I mean, uh, institutionally speaking, and, and as a nation as well, we're we're a nation of box tickers. So all of our institutions have to tick the boxes, and that's we can always predict what they're going to say because there's no way they can deviate outside of those lines, right? Incurring some huge liability or some culpability over some incident that may or may not happen. And that's kind of sad, you know, it robs people of their autonomy and, and ability to think flexibly Indeed. about a changing I, situation. I actually think that's the frustrating position a lot of people who work for the RSPCA mm. are in, because there's a lot of good people work for them. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's a lot, a lot of very experienced and very useful um, inspectors and frontline people actually uh, dealing with the animals. Uh, you know, I, I very rarely criticise those people. Uh, but as a philosophy, as an organisation, mm. the, the you know, I mean, look at the state of uh, dog and cat keeping in the UK. It's appalling. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, so bad, they have to set up a system of death row, you know, to deal with it. Mm. You know, no exotics rescue has to do that. No yeah. rescue, no exotic mammal rescue has to operate a death row policy uh, and one like that. And, mm. it's and reptiles are the third most popular um pet in the in the uk after cats and dogs if you exclude okay. fish keeping uh, yeah well yeah i suppose I, fish would be the, really. the next one after that let's yeah. talk about escaped reptiles then you must have come across a, a few strange things any any big stories you know pythons anacondas anything anything no. poisonous oh, well unfortunately um we fall into two camps really oh, venomous i should say in fact shouldn't they yeah uh, I, I must state that we don't deal with um, very many, uh, in fact, it's not worth mentioning. Um, mm. I would go so far as to say we don't deal with DWA animals. In okay. as much as people that have got a DWA license mm. um, are very responsible people. Okay. I have to say that, you know, that it, it's one form of legislation which. Um, Big holes in it, but but the principles of it are, are there for a very good purpose, mm. and they seem to serve that purpose. And if people keep venomous snakes, then they are very very unlikely to be abandoning them. Mm. And obviously, they need to have systems in place to make sure they can't. And they're registered too with the local council. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Monitored yeah. by the council and subject to inspection. Yeah. So um, you need facilities there that don't allow. The, an escape that will result in that animal getting outside. So even if it escapes from its enclosure, in yeah, you know, the, there's another door, there's another barrier, uh, and it doesn't get straight outside. The legislation is not there to protect the keepers; it's there to protect the public. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they may get out of the vivarium, they may kill the keeper. This doesn't tend to happen either, I must say. But the, as far as the legislation set up. But they're trapped within that environment. They can't get out of that environment, whether it be an animal or within the home or, or whatever. Um, so, and obviously, when you're talking about other types of animals, like big cats or whatever, the, the criteria is immense. You're talking zoo standard enclosures, really, and that level of security. So, let's, so, let's talk about that. That's a good segue, actually, because essentially the Dangerous Wild Animals Act, 76, and, and so on. Uh, the stipulations about the enclosures, this is the theory that's out there as to why there are possibly big yeah. cats breeding in the British countryside. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think you must have had 
there must have been quite a a, a, a large amount of people who kept them mm. as house pets, presumably. Mm. Uh, and you know, I think everyone's seen the videos, black and white videos of um, the, the people taking the lion a walk on a lead around London, and, and yeah. you know, that, that, that was put out. Whatever. I don't know how common that was, to be honest with you. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't uh, engaged in the hobby. I'm not quite that old when, when it came in. Um, but, yeah, th there must have been quite a lot of people not keeping them anywhere near what was required of them mm. um, for them to consider getting rid of them altogether and not even have the option of, oh, well, we'll have to have a higher fence or a different grade mm -hmm. of um, mesh on the fence or different locks fitted. You know, it was a case of, oh, we can no longer have it just lying on the couch and sleeping mm -hmm. on the and, and going in the backyard. And, Do you think it was uh, it was the prohib prohibitive cost of, of that venture then, of, of uh, yeah, having an enclosure with room to run around plus uh, uh, aircon and drainage and yeah, as security uh, measures, uh, essentially. Uh, uh, and, and a great deal of space, of course. I mean, mm. even the example of the people uh, who, who bought the Lion Cub from Harrods and were walking it mm. down the streets. I, I think they lived in, um, you know, like a, what would be classed as a, an apartment or something. Oh, yeah, like, yeah an apartment, yeah. Yeah, but they, they didn't have grounds or, you know, a, a, anywhere like that yeah. for a lion, um, which is ludicrous on some mm. level, isn't it? Um, so... Yeah, well, if that's your starting point, then you're stumped for getting a DW, yeah. aren't you? You've no chance. Um, and, of course, there, there would have also been people... <coughs> you know, uh, I investigated a, a big cat sighting local to me in Lancashire, mm. and there was the neighbours of the people who... Uh, of the girl who actually had the sighting and their, her family, they were aware of somebody local who during that era kept and bred big mm. cats um, in, in their backyard type of thing. So, you know, it, that was also probably part of the cause of the problem. And like I say, we've seen that reflected with with Tanukis. You know, mm. in terms of the mystery of the big cats, <laughs> apart from the amount of them, I don't think it's any different to what's happened with terrapins. Uh, mm. You know, the... the North American freshwater turtles, no difference at all. You know, they, they get too big to handle. The you know they become a nuisance and difficult to keep. Uh, so oh yeah, there's well, a lake in my town where I grew up in, in Wales yeah. in Cardiff that's that's filled with them. Yeah, and, and people yeah. just secrete them into the countryside. Yeah. They'll be okay there, um, and uh, nobody will notice. Mm. And they're all over. You know. Yeah. yeah. So you know. Uh, it might. It's. It does seem a little bit of a. I suppose a bit of a cryptozoological anticlimax, but I don't regard those turtles as being much different for big cats. If there's a jaguar out well, there, no, I, and but, I think that's the point with people is they're thinking when something is big, it's hard to imagine that it could be here. We wouldn't see it very often. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at big cats. Look at their behaviours. Of course, you wouldn't see them. It's a predator. Predators are. They're elusive animals. They're, they're suspicious animals. They predate. They, they stay hidden. And it's primarily nocturnal. Or, yeah. They are very nocturnal. nocturnal. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah but i mean you, you do also have to take adaptability of an animal mm-hmm. consideration and you know the, the sort of hats that i have to wear at the moment would have me just pointing out that most escaped or abandoned animals will die within the first week or two mm. of release they mm. haven't got those survival skills yeah uh, you know and a lot of animals like big cats that are um, kept certainly any that are being abandoned now mm. must be being kept illegally yeah uh, a lot of those are doctored to make them safe you know they're declawed they have the fangs taken out oh yeah that uh, they're not kept in healthy conditions or anything. Um, they're not going to survive. They're not, they're not yeah. going to survive and form a breeding population in the UK. They're, they're going to wander about until they get run over. Um, you know, and that's a sad state of. But those cats in the seventies, I, I would imagine their condition would have been pristine as uh, all natural. So, um, surely any cats that we're seeing in this day and age are, are descendants. They must be descendants. Have to be, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, the, somebody has to be releasing them, I suppose. I suppose mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, and, and I knew you'd get me onto this subject because you <laughs> all the time or budgies. Uh, but, yeah, we can um, go into budgies next. We'll do the, um, the no, roving no, parakeets. <laughs> Yeah, although I don't admit it, I actually uh, I actually try not to deal with birds. Really? <laughs> I I hope no one feeds what is watching this, but yeah, I, I dread every bird post that goes up. Are there. they too um flighty? Pardon the pun. <laughs> well, it's, one is finding them, and and then yeah. two is having a hope in hell of catching them. They can you fly know? away. Yeah, and it's a simple unless it's really tame and and, and it'll come yeah. when you fall or come to food. Or bird of prey that'll come to the glove, you know, you stand very little chance, really. Um, but the, th- the thing about the big cats, the main issue for me is um, the debate about how many's out there. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. I, I, I can totally accept that the, there may be a few about the country, and I tend to, I tend to fall into the camp of thinking that there are very few with huge territories. Yeah, in, that's. Any any sort of resident cat within a smaller territory or female, and Mm. males could have territories of like twenty miles, two to three hundred miles, three hundred. Yeah, cross cross counties, and and some of the sighting reports that we've tracked over the Mm. years would actually track that sort of pattern of migration if it's the same animal. Yeah, sure. And of course, there's no way of proving that, but that's only uh, that's only a theory. But we. What we what we do or what we say we'll do is we investigate um, sighting reports. And if someone mm. says, "I think I've seen," uh, well, they usually say, "I think I've seen a black panther or something mm. like Labrador," don't they? Um, then it'll be listed as an unidentified animal, um, mm. described as feline, possibly exotic feline, something of that nature. Yeah. Um, and um, we were, you know, we don't mind going out and investigating that because not only is the a an animal at risk mm. because our premises domesticated animals don't survive in the wild very well um, unless certain factors are met and they've got mm. those on the side, uh, but quite often it doesn't. And obviously, with big cats, there's a public health risk, public mm. safety, um, which. Unfortunately, it puts me at odds with the people that 
are kind of in the camp of, oh, you know, leave them alone. You know, we don't want them to fear. I think it's crazy. I think it's, yeah. and I know it's there. I won't tell anyone about it because we'll come and do something. I, I encountered this. I have encountered recently from a few big cat groups a lot of heat for saying that I think it's at the stage where the government needs to get involved with the proper investigation, with the specialist team, that is, <clears throat> because they're big predators. And if they're living in our countryside, it doesn't matter well, if nobody's been attacked. If they if they are here in any sort of significant number, or even say there's twenty nationwide, let's just say there's only twenty. If there are only twenty, we need to know they're there. When you're taking your walk, when you're walking with your children, when you're out with your dog in the wild, you at least want to know what's about. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big cat expert. You know, yeah. I don't talk as a big cat expert, but same. Yeah, same. the main issue with big cats isn't your young healthy ones. It, it's those that are old or healthy. They tend to date on humans, and, and, and the animals that are mentioned constantly, mm. puma and uh, and jaguar, a leopard or whatever, are, are known managers. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the natural environment, there's, there's lists of deaths every year from them. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's bizarre that people just don't seem to really take that on board. They which, haven't hurt anybody. Why, why do you want to find them and disturb yeah. them? And people would just, that's one I like, people would just go out and shoot them. We're not a nation of gun owners. Some people do have guns and farmers, but if you can't find them already, who's going out to shoot them? <laughs> it's a weird thing, and I think I understand people. They love animals. They love the fact that something unusual and exotic could be out there. But I often think that those people aren't living in the vicinity of where one of these animals could be. No, that's usually what it is. They're living in a nice city sort of place or a local village. They're not thinking, I might have to encounter a puma or a, a leopard or a jaguar, probably less likely, out here and negotiate with that animal what our response is between us. And every negotiation between a predator and a human is dependent upon those two individuals every time. That recent video of the um, the chap in the US getting escorted out by a, a, a mother a female uh, cougar it was yeah. very telling yeah. it was his reaction that stopped him getting killed really the fact that he kept stopping he kept facing it he kept shouting uh but there were a few points when she was considering okay yeah sorry but behavior at all and it was a relatively small puma yeah um you know predatory behavior you don't even see them coming yeah you predatory behavior yeah. the silent stalkers First yeah. thing you know about it is, is they're on your back, and yeah. um, that's also the last thing you know. Um, you know if they're if they're coming at you like that as, yeah. as a child, then that fella did the right thing. Um, it was also I, I, I do hold my hands up and I do admit to flooding the big cat Facebook groups with the um, with with the post of um, some the some, <laughs> so some guy dressed up as a woman. Um, yeah. Going through the <laughs> um, that was me. Yeah. I almost, I almost reposted, and I just thought, "Don't do it. You're going to get some heat over this." And and you know what? It was my just, <laughs> just enjoy it. Watch it. Laugh. You don't need to, to to repost right now. But it was funny. It was the um the scratch, the cat scratch motion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it kept doing. Um, I'm, well, I think um. 
and that, that kind of thing we need. I just think we need a balanced argument on it. So you've had a few cases recently that there's the rear that's been uh, running around Staffordshire for the last couple of years. It's still there, apparently, by all accounts. Um, yeah, it's um, Wolverhampton area was the last rear uh-huh. bought, uh, uh, I think. As far as we know, it's still there. Um, we, we've, we're in a difficult situation, really, because unless we, we manage to establish contact with um, what's going on locally very clear mm-hmm. and have some very clear lines of communication, it's difficult to keep track of it, especially if you have owners that won't identify themselves. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, we think it belongs to them, but... They'll be in touch with them and stuff. So there's the the liability fear again. Cagey. So, and then then suddenly no more sightings, and you think, I think they've probably just caught it themselves or something. Quiet. So it's, 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 and we can't keep cases open indefinitely. I know there's been no sightings of that for some time now. I'm sure it flashed up on the picture somewhere recently. Or am I thinking about the emu again? There's Um, an emu. in Kent somewhere, is that right, at the moment? Quite possibly. I've not seen... Uh, we've had... Um, what did I dream it? <laughs> I so how long ago you talking? No, I think this was it. recent. I'm sure there was a... We've got another case of a raccoon, and that, that, that's shown mm. up again uh, mm. just yesterday. Um, and, and that is an ongoing case that we're dealing with okay. offline. Uh, generally speaking, we are, we set up responder groups offline, so the communications about exact locations and things like that are discussed offline. It doesn't mean there's nothing happening. Sure. Um, so we know we're hoping for results on that one very soon. Um, we've got a wallaby in the, the South Yorkshire area okay. that seems to have gone off the grid. Um, okay. we, we were tracking that. We thought we had it in a, an area that was going to be, you know. Good camouflage, one of these. Trapping situation. We had yeah. drones up. Um, you know, we work with uh, other teams like um, dog search and rescue teams mm. and the drone search and rescue people. They're really, really helpful. And it, it, it just seems to have got off the grid. But again, um, owners were involved as well and we, we, we didn't have ongoing communication with them. It, it's really great when the owners are on board. Yeah, working with them, uh, and we've done that as you know. Sometimes where the owners leading the team, if you like, and some you know where we're supplying um, foot soldiers to mm. help with them, and we've had it where the owners have been part of a team that we've been organising and and running ourselves. Uh, that, that's, that's a lot easier when there's an owner involved, especially you know once you get the pet and it might be a bit bitey. Mm-hmm. It's it's over to them then. You know, yeah. <laughs> Let them take the heat. At that, at that, at that point, um, it, it's your animal. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, right. But um, you know, the, uh, one of the main issues we face. I mean, e- even though the um, you know, uh, cryptozoology, in terms of how to place animals, has suffered from. I, I mean, I was going. I started with this when I, I was jotting some notes down. You must remember the headlines in the tabloids, Piranha Found in Thames. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and even at the time, I'm thinking, what? my mate's got piranhas. Someone's just thrown it in there. Someone's yeah. just dumped it. 
It's not a mystery. It was dropped on a barge by a seagull, I think. Or something like that. It was dead already, so it could have come straight from a fish tank. It's not a breeding population. No one's at risk. There was also one in a pond somewhere. Uh, I don't know where, but again, it was dead. And I was dealing with the media um, over the years. Uh, as often being a constant battle. The the major one for us um, came last year, really, where, you know, we took them head on, really, because we got involved in a case where there was a pair of tanukis, which were apparently Mm. terrorising a village Mm. uh, in Nottinghamshire. Oh, Nottinghamshire, Gab. Yeah, you know, and and, and that was international news. It was Sky News. Mm. Um, And, you know, you had visions of these people, like, not wanting to come outside. And the reality was most of the village were helping with the search. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it got to the point where the, the village were thinking of selling souvenirs and T-shirts and stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> based on all the hype that went with them. But the media would have you believe there was you know, pitchforks and burning torches yeah. and stuff like that. Locked in their basements. Yeah, um, yeah. But when we went out and actually caught them, they didn't want to know. Yeah. That wasn't a big story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though it was like quite a big exercise and we were, re- you know, really proud of results. Um, yeah, um, I think when it comes to newspapers, generally speaking, uh, and it's the same with cryptozoology, life and, and the, the search in general is um, it's kind of mundane. It's boring. There are no, there are very few exciting points and, and you, that doesn't sell any papers. <laughs> Nobody's buying that. Yeah. Um, you know, Tanuki's loose in uh, in village. Locals helping with search. We hope that we find them safe and sound. Yeah. Everyone's well. That's not going to sell any papers. And I think they would never have bought a lost dog in the same way. No, I sympathise with them that essentially they've got a. They've only got hype. It's a world of hype, and yeah. they've got to sell that that paper somehow. Um, I don't expect anything less from them. If I have <laughs> occasionally, very occasionally, have it, have dealings with them and do an article or two, I don't expect anything other than it to be completely taken out of context and to make me look like a complete nut job. Basically, <laughs> that's that's what I expect to come back. We try and have a good working relationship. We, we've yeah, a couple of occasions where it's a rarity. Yeah, there must be. It really must be. Talking about. Um, the the types of things that have happened with with invasive species in the UK. I don't know if you get involved in that at all. People often talk about the the invasive deer population or the um uh, you know the wild boar coming back and and the damage they do to farmlands and, and and local environments. There's also talk about rewilding constantly. Let's bring back wolves and lynx and uh, buffalo. I think they've released some buffalo somewhere in Scotland at the moment. It's it's great, and we can't cope with badgers and foxes, but we're yeah. trying to some links. Yeah. Why do you think this is happening, though? Why why do you think this rewilding thing, bringing back animals we haven't had for hundreds of years, is happening? Why are we doing it all with the invasive species? Why is it out of hand? Is there just nobody on duty? I I, I don't know. I I don't. I can't get a handle on on mm. the actual philosophy of it. Really, I yeah. think that confuses me. Um, I mean, land and sort of environmental management in this country is very hit and miss. Anyhow, yeah. and, you know, let's introduce beavers. Aren't they excellent? Oh, we need mm. to shoot all the beavers because of the flooding. They're shooting them now. And it's yeah. like, 
did no one who who did you pay to who did you pay to put this in place? Yeah, because <coughs> quite clearly, a lot of people without qualifications could see mm. some of the issues. Yeah, um, and they always blame the animals as well. It's a bit like the TB thing and the, the the badgers. You know, don't blame poor hygiene on dairy farms. Whatever you do, you know, it's got to be. The oh badgers. yeah, it's got to be the badgers. Uh, yeah. Because we all know how much they hang around cows, right? Badgers and cows got to get like bullets and guns, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I've never seen a badger near a cow. But... Never actually even seen a badger. All the times but, I've been out, yeah. not once ever. They are, they are very elusive creatures, aren't yeah. they? Even more elusive than some fantasy creatures, really. Yeah. definitely so. <laughs> um, but amazing, amazing. I'd love a pet badger if you could have a pet badger. I, I really well, they're vicious little buggers, don't they? I mean, they're really... Oh, uh, oh indeed, It's like yeah. having a pit bull, basically, yeah. uh, that you can't train. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I knew someone that had a, a badger. Yeah. He, he had to move it on because it, it actually went through all the walls in his house. Wow. Okay. Actually through the walls. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, it made its own doors. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, the, the rewilding thing puzzles me um, at, at times, and there seems to be a belief at the moment that we are getting links, and yeah. that is definitely happening. Uh, coming up constantly, reconsultation every couple of months. As far as I know, you know, it's not happening. They uh, say no every time. Yeah. 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 And, and and then you get the argument. Oh well, they're already here anyhow. And you think, so why do you need to introduce them? <laughs> the same people would have looked into that to some extent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just and and I read some some really interesting um, studies um, which compared it to the concept of rewilding using wolves mm. and, and and putting them in. Um, the highlands of Scotland in the yeah. middle of nowhere um, on a Monday, for example. And they said, by Friday afternoon, they'll be in London. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the sort of territories they cover. That's just the sort of territories they cover. Oh, I mean, really? One time we had wolves all over the place, didn't we? Yeah. And yeah. Suppose it would be the territories of packs which kept them yeah. uh, in, in areas. But... Yeah, in in America, obviously they cover hundreds of miles, don't they? Yeah, you know, and and don't even think twice about it. But I guess if there were different wolf packs, essentially they would start, like you say, hemming each other into certain set areas after a while. But you would still have wolves, yeah, and spreading that, and out that, across the country. And that would limit population. You know, I, I, I'm just wondering, you know, they do have very high expectations for this invasive deer population, don't they? As a food source, I mean, yeah, I think they're supposed to be about two million, yeah, in total. I don't know how they know that. Around about that, so one and a half, two million. So I don't. I, I, to be honest with you, I've, I've been doing this for quite a while, <laughs> and it puzzles me how numbers. people come up with numbers for animals that you hardly see. Um, and 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 I think the 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 quite biased reports, to be honest yeah. with you, because they must be based on areas where the evidence is very easy to collect, where mm. the densities are quite high. Um, and I don't know how they roll that out. To it's a model, isn't it? The the they, country. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Were, probably a computer program does it or something, but it, it's 
Very my experience with modeling is, is it, it leads to trouble. <laughs> Don't do modeling. You know, I, I've not seen many months, Jack. Um, I, th- I think I've seen more dead ones as, as mm. um, you know, roadkill than anything else. Um, certainly live ones I haven't seen. They're mm. more prevalent down south. A lot of the stuff is down south. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we... I suppose one, one thing we, we are clear about is we're not pest control at all. Mm. So we will uh, pull all the stops out to make sure that uh, um, escaped tanuki don't take up residence or adapt to living wild in the UK. Mm. And we, we, we literally will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll camp out literally and, and make mm. sure we try and get them um, because otherwise... The, this legislation will create the invasive problem that was set up to stop. That's the nonsense behind it, really. Um, the, what part of that do you think is pushing people to to release them? Is it just similar to the DWA, the, the stipulations it's often, for... It's often, I have to say, that, and, and it, even though I have to mention that we have exchanged numerous emails with DEFRA and mm-hmm. we were in touch with the Welsh government and stuff when the Tanuki was shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, unnecessarily. Um, and, and and they have softened their stance. And I, I can't say it's anything to do with anything we've done. I'd like to think, mm-hmm. you know, they may have done, even if it's just to stop receiving emails from me. <laughs> um, but, Could be the emails. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, you know, I'd like to think, you know, it, it, it helped, but they have allowed for rehoming, basically, okay. uh, subject to certain criteria, they've allowed rehoming, which, which wasn't allowed. Obviously, you can't buy and sell stuff that's listed, mm. you can't breed it. And to some extent, I, 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 you know, I never thought Tanukis were a particularly good pet choice. Mm. Um. I never wanted tanukis, and I've got two of them now. And that just reminds me why I never wanted them. Really. <laughs> they don't make great pets, but they don't make awful pets either. Yeah. You, could, okay. you could get a dog that is dreadful and much mm. worse than a tanuki. Okay. You know, dogs are far more dangerous. No one's ever been killed by a tanuki. Yeah. Um, there's a whole list of people being killed by dogs. You know, their own dogs. Yeah. Uh, well. So, you know, we do need to put it in perspective to some extent. Uh, but, yeah, thankfully, the stance has softened. So, hopefully, there'll be less being abandoned, um, is, is what I'm hoping for. That would be, that would be, uh, yeah. be a, a, good, a, a good solve. Um, Unfortunately, uh, we pick up the tab for that as well, because there's people say, I, I, you know, I really need to rehome my six tanukis. Okay. Wow. And you go, well, okay. Six. Just give us a couple of hours and we'll see what we can do. And wow. so far, up to date, we've helped everyone out. We've sorted every animal out. And our our objective is that we won't see a healthy animal euthanized. Mm. Um, so whatever that means, we've, we've got a network of sanctuary and rescue places mm. across the country as well as private keepers. And you can see that on the page as well, all of the, the involved uh, players coming in every time there's a notification 
I can I know something in this area. I could take one of those for a few days, yeah, or, or whatever. And that's I mean that's what's really admirable about it as well. The the Beastwatch UK page, mm-hmm. everybody on there clearly is a lover of of uh, exotic animals, has you know the time and the ability to help, and yeah. and is willing to. And it doesn't seem to be that it's funded. They just take on that responsibility. Well, they're volunteers. Know, Everything's about money, isn't it, these days? Yeah. And, and we are looking at ways in which we, we, we can obviously be funded. We would like some sort of central funding contracts mm. uh, and that may involve invasive species. Um, you know, we've been in negotiations with, with uh, along those lines. We're, we're, we're in discussion at a governmental level, oh, at the ministerial level, um, where our future lies. But we also try and make links with local authorities. Mm. Uh, we've got uh, service agreements with uh, the emergency services in many counties at the moment. That's a rolling program. You know, we've got people working the socks off, actually mm. doing this stuff behind the scenes, which is uh, phenomenal, really. And, and you know, they've, they've brought us on leaps and bounds over the last um, couple of years. We, we've really developed as a service, and. You know, all credit to them. There's a lot of really, really good people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets frustrating sometimes. You know, we put a call out, and nobody responds, or yeah. not able to respond to something. It does get frustrating, but it's entirely voluntary at the moment. Yeah. yeah, we are hoping that you know one day that'll change, and and we do actually have some paid responders, and and, and we're at a point where we you know we're a service that that actually employs people. Uh, That's great. Yeah, so you know we, we've got big ideas. We we, we want to be, um, you know, we wanted to be the go-to option for mm. the people for a specific group. You know, we're not in direct competition with the RSPCA. We'd like a working mm. relationship with the RSPCA, where where they recognise their limitations, if you like, and the fact that sometimes they get involved with stuff which is just a PR disaster for mm. them. You know, they'd be much better saying, oh. These people deal with stuff like that and, and pass it on, you know, but they don't like doing that. And that, that that's... What a, Imagine from their point of view that most of their experiences with domestic animals. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. As with most vets as well, mm. you know, you get specialist vets, they're worth the weight in gold as well. Mm. Um, people that know what they're doing in, in that sense. Uh, it's, it's ironic, quite a lot of the, um, some of the, you know, the responders we've got uh, are people like dog catchers, mm. um, things like that. So, um, we need to think out of the box sometimes. You know, yeah, we've got those people that have got hands on experience, um, and also, you know, are afraid to get involved with exotics. So, you know, that, that's really, really quite a positive thing. And is it, it with Beastwatch UK, is, is the door still open? Are you still looking for volunteers or are you always open all to volunteers? Time, all, the, all the time we're recruiting, um, yeah. we've had a huge overhaul of our systems, really. And we've got eight people working as like a management team, part of the committee at the moment. And they're reviewing all the teams we've got. We've got coordinators set up in every county and they're wow. fat- Objective uh, is recruitment and mm-hmm. uh, fundraising. So that's a huge thing constantly. And of course, the Facebook group. Um, you don't need to be a volunteer just to be a member of the Facebook group. That, yeah. That, you know, um, 
I think you can view it without being a member, but you can't join into the chat or anything without being a member. Um, you do have to answer all the questions and agree to the group rules. It's not difficult, but yeah. <laughs> it's like a first hurdle thing. And I, I, the, the decline, decline, decline. It, 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 it's surprising. It, how many people don't get through? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to have some funny rules for one of my groups. Like I kind of changed it after a while. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes you do want to filter out some of the uh, some of the people coming through just based upon intention and interest. And especially when it's such a specialist group, you do want to know that people have the interest and they're not just going to come on with a, a kind of a bunch of funny comments and strong opinions and things. And something I do want to ask you about, actually, and you mentioned this earlier, uh, just before we leave, is tracking. Now, I think from a cryptozoology point of view, uh, people who are used to tracking, people who are used to trapping would have a lot to offer in yeah. advice for the cryptozoology community. So is there, before we go, is there one or a couple of things that you think people in in all genres, but this genre, especially in cryptozoology, should really know about tracking and about looking for signs? You probably heard of the sticks and the stones that people are always posting on Bigfoot pages, um, which I always refer to as, you know, um, yeah, if a forest falls in, if a tree falls in the wood, did Bigfoot push it, or did trees just fall in the woods? You know, they just fall in the woods, obviously. So, yeah. what are your what are your little hints for tracking for the um the uninitiated? Okay, well, I I I, I think you need to, the starting point yeah. is to be know what's supposed to live there and what mm. their tracks look like, um, and what they look like <laughs> because um. I, I'm looking at writing an article on misidentification. It's mm. something that fascinates me, to be honest with you. Um, I know tracks can be misidentified, and, and tracks are a very subjective thing. And basically, yeah. I've, I've, I'm fed up of looking at photographs of dog prints, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because once you see the day, it becomes pointless. You know, yeah. that's a dog, that's a dog, that's a dog, that's a dog. Oh, oh, that's a fox. Um, yeah. But to be honest with you, um, A lot of animals won't leave leave tracks, you know, and 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 tracking isn't um, isn't easy, isn't easy at all. It's it's not. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in tracking, but we do have some people with uh, a lot of tracking experience, and we also use things like scent dogs, mm. uh, you know, which again are very specific, and and aren't always successful. Nothing's always successful. Um, so yeah, my advice for that would would be. To, uh, to know what's supposed to be there, what the tracks look mm. like first before you jump into conclusions. I mean, we had, um, I mean, even in terms of what animals look like, I don't know if you remember, but it was shared through Beastwatch. Experienced wildlife photographer saw a crocodile, but it may have been an otter. <laughs> and you go, where do you go with that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least some part of that sentence needed, uh, don't they? Because, like, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a really experienced wildlife photographer. I can't tell the difference between a crocodile and an otter. If that's in the headline, I mean, <laughs> they've basically revealed the outcome of the story right there. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I have to mention it because um, it was in my notes, but I don't know if you have a part of it. Um, 
but I, I, I played the part in cryptozoology.com years ago. Oh, uh, no, I, was, I wasn't a part of that, no. no. Long, long before Facebook or anything. That yeah. Time. And, and it, it was a really, really different genre to yeah. um, Facebook cryptozoology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays, it's all, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a witness. I, I, I've had a sighting kneel before me and don't dare criticize me. We, I mean, uh, nobody seems to to feel that they need to offer up any proof. And if you no, even no. ask a question, their members, their group members will annihilate you. Um, yeah, I mean, you can even... Yeah. You know, somebody, They're like survivors. They're like survivors, Mike. You mustn't well, question them. Well, it, it, used, it used to be abduction. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very similar, very similar tem- very uh, temperament. Similar yeah. I know we both yeah. work in mental health. I think yeah. Understanding of mental health is probably the key to cryptozoology. A lot I think so too. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I certainly wouldn't discredit people out of. Oh family. no, I mean, well, and I believe people have come to me as well. I think, um, sorry to to jump in, but I think it's good to have an understanding of how you can be affected by the things you see, mm-hmm. and your your desires or your emotions they can affect it. And also, when you definitely do see something. <clears throat> excuse me, you can't qualify how that might affect you emotionally. That's yeah. the other side of it, you know. So yeah, definitely. Um, people are people are very affected by the sightings. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. I have a job that involves me driving round Lancashire at all hours of the night, um, which is partly by design. I must mm. admit, because I, I study illusion and misidentification. And I have literally seen um, a bin liner crawl across the road. It must have either been weighted down because it had water in it or a bit of Crawl across the road like a bipedal, uh, sorry, like a quadrupedal creature. Mm. Crawl across the road and look absolutely stunning. I've seen a huge black cat sat on a dry stone wall. Mm-hmm. Which, if I hadn't pulled in round the other side, I wouldn't have realised was a heifer just stood <sighs> leaning against the wall. You know, a, a lot of things people see yeah. are very, very convincing if you see them for a split second. From the car, uh, especially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it can be very terrifying. But nowadays, you know, uh, uh, I know on cryptozoology.com, people used to write essays, though. Some of the stuff I wrote myself, I, I'd write an essay, either, either as a post. Mm. Or as a, as a reply to someone, you'd write something that you could publish, and you think that that's really intelligent discussion. These days, Facebook's <laughs> it's a little bit different to that. My tolerance <laughs> is very very low. So generally, on on my page, on the one the piece of Britain page, yeah. Um, now you don't even get a warning if you're just kind of being. It's the tone. It's the tone and the attitude. Not criticism. Yeah. Criticism's fine. It's but if people are just coming on and they're they're being pretty narky and nasty with everybody, I just delete them. They don't even know until the next time they come on. They they can't get in. It's just gone. We don't enter the conversation. Yeah. Uh, with Nessie and Friends, the other page, it's very very strict. You know, either you're here to study the subject, or you're not. I don't want jokes and memes and all the rest of it. You know. Yeah, well, no, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, back in the day, again, cryptozoology.com. You know, I I'd be in regular contact with like. Uh, Dick Rayner, or, or yeah, whatever. oh yeah, yeah. 
I'd be watching the webcams and uh, uh, not webcams, you know the, the Nessie on the net, yeah, Miko camera, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you'd, you'd you'd be chatting, you know, there's people like you know. I'm... Dick's still active. He's still on all the the Facebook pages talking and you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm in some groups and I've revisited some uh, of, of the more bizarre groups. I mean, we, we've done all night vigils at Canic Chase, you know, and I've, invest- yeah. I've investigated strange stuff. And I don't mind admitting that strange stuff happens. And yeah. some stuff can't explain. You know, people say, well, yeah. I've been, you know, well, you, you tell me what it was. I, I don't know what it was. I'm just telling you, we don't live in Narnia. Yeah. So it's not all this stuff that you th- think it is, you know. And, Some and then, of it's very hard to justify, and I think um, my my view on it, because of course, really, my bottom line view, very similar to yours, is I'm interested in the possibility of undiscovered animals, I'm not interested in paranormal creatures. Undiscovered animals. And, there's definitely an overlap definitely with some other. of the types of sightings that come in that appear to be creatures, but people. But seem implausible, like a dog band type thing, werewolf or whatever you want to call it, um, or a black shuck, you know, a, a giant dog that uh, d- disappears. Yeah. If yeah. there, that seems to be paranormal. But I do well, try to approach it from a, a flesh and blood yeah. point of view. Black shuck were cats, of course, you know. Yeah. And also, look, I, I saw, I was um, walking up to Weybridge a few months back, might have been lost them actually i can't remember anyway there's a little patch of forest that goes alongside each side of the town and it's like that in surrey there's all little patches everywhere but not out in the wilds of the countryside and i was uh I left the station i was crossing the road and i saw a deer i think it was um it was a i don't know what kind of deer it wasn't a red deer anyway so it might have been fallow deer anyway i saw a deer there uh, on the edge of the the the, the woodland and I thought, oh gosh, that's a deer. I'll walk towards and have a look at that. It wasn't really big. And I got within two feet of it and it walked into the woods, which weren't thick. Yeah. And I was behind it, two seconds behind it, and I could not see it anywhere. Well, that's the thing about deer as well. Mm-hmm. One one seems to materialize in front yeah. of you. Think, oh, there's a deer. And then yeah. about a dozen of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah expertly camouflaged but i mean that's just a deer i couldn't find that i was wrong i was on it i was on the animal before i uh, it disappeared and a big cat you know anything else there's no way you're gonna find them um when you know when it comes to the cryptozoology side of things i think the way i've been trying to describe it to people these days is that it's it's kind of modern folklore that's where you have to think about it it's folklore happening in real time it's anecdotal you know, it's based primarily upon the, the usually the, the experience of the witness. And you've got to investigate the plausibility of that. But it's not like somebody describes a big cat to you or um, uh, an escape rear running around somewhere. And you don't have to say, does a rear exist? Does a big cat exist? Mm-hmm. You just have to wonder, did they actually see it? Yeah. And is it really there? So yeah. it's it's got that separation. But um, again, you yeah. Religious fervor, though, is what drives it. There's a lot of religious fervor. There's a lot of belief, which is why people get angry. Because, that, oh, I studied religion for my degree. I don't know when you insult somebody's religion, they get mad because that's their core, the center. And I think a lot of it, Mike, comes from we don't really have corporate religion in our societies anymore. So there's that little God-shaped hole they've got, and they can just project it onto things. Maybe and Bigfoot, 
Bigfoot's got a lot of that but, uh, projection, you know, religious projection on it. Certainly the way Facebook goes, it, it, are you a believer or a non-believer? And I'm like, yeah. I'm researching it, you know, I just yeah. look into it and I've got an open mind. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you want me to actually believe that Dogman thinks you're part of his family yeah. and, and, and lets you run with the pack and hunt with them, or that Bigfoot and his mates all come round to your back guard and you interact with them, yet I, you still don't use any tangible evidence, then you're nuts. It's, it's the ones that have so many experiences and they've got nothing, not a camera, not a blurry, not even a blurry pic. I know, in fact, with the the suggestion you just made i know exactly who you're talking about by the way <laughs> i can name two or three but there's one specific person that i know that you're talking about now yeah. and um for this particular individual i think if born under different circumstances in a different part of the world they'd easily be comfortable this individual with you know sending out bank of nigeria emails from a internet cafe in lagos you know <laughs> it's that kind of charlatanry um yeah look i think it's it just something that doesn't need a lot of evidence for for to research or for one to get involved i mean it, it's not required by the people who are involved in it it's going to attract a lot of mercenary types to it it's, and i think that's it, that's always it, a challenge really it does get in the way of serious research yeah although i must admit over the years my I think I've become, probably become more cynical you know, in terms of the, the, the likelihood of mm. certain cryptids uh, com compared to what I had 20 years ago. Yeah. That, that's, it, it has changed a lot, I must admit. You know, some yeah. I, would, I really just dismiss out of hand now as being, you know, the possibility of an unknown animal compared to maybe what I would have considered a while back. And look, I'm with you, I think, in that respect. And um, I think cynical is the best way to go forward because there's only surprises in store for you. Yeah, but, I'd love to be wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm being wrong. But for true cryptozoology, you know, they're finding new frogs and um, and mammals and fish yeah. all the time and, and all types I, of things. And that's the real cryptozoology that's out there. That's, you know, apart from the rock stars. Yeah. Nessie and Bigfoot and those guys. And that stuff is still going on. I love that stuff. You've got to find them before they become a cryptid, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that's the point. And most cryptids aren't found by cryptozoologists. Yeah. That's another eye-opener. Or even so. seen by them. <laughs> you know, as witnesses. There's not many cryptozoologists. I know. Uh, Bigfoot guys seem to have a lot of witnesses. Yeah. Uh you know, there's a late monster thing that tends to be, if you've got somebody like um, Steve Felton, who's a very nice guy, or Scott Mardis, for instance, um, they're normally people who've had an experience and then they sort of solidified them to that location. Yeah, yeah. What's seen cannot be unseen, and you make a, a life choice to say, I've got I've to locate it. And I think that kind of fervor, you know, when you've done 27 years somewhere, well, you've definitely put your money where your mouth is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but that's not for me. I'm a practical man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I should let you get on and everything. But just before you go, maybe you can yeah. just tell people um, where to find you, how they can get involved, and uh, any way that they can help. 
Okay, well, um, we're always looking for volunteers from all over the country. Some areas are far more in need of volunteers than others. Check us out on Facebook. You'll find us uh, uh, Beast Watch UK, CIC, um, Exotic Animal uh, Lost, Found or Sighted. And we've also got a website, um, www.you'llfindus, um, if you put Beast Watch in. That's, uh, that isn't a big issue. Um, we're always after donations as well. If you want to donate to Earth our clothes, possibly save an animal, then um, do that too. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, and, you know, we'll carry on the good work on, on behalf of, uh, of uh, all, all the lost and sighted animals in the UK, all the animals that shouldn't be there, even if, if they're not clear what they are or whether they should exist or not yeah yeah you're not going to ask them to rehouse a bigfoot these are these are animals that we know are running about the place hey, and no, uh I, need I, rescuing I, i've i've taken werewolf reports and i've said catch pole and dog crate i'm on my way <laughs> that's very brave um well listen mike mike potts uh this watch uk thank you for coming on it's been i hope it's been wonderful i learned a lot thanks so much Thanks, Andy. Thanks for your time. Bye. Good night.